Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Thank you for placing us in a country where we're blessed. We have freedom. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Father, for for, uh, the founding fathers who established what they established. That has kept us in this place of being able to establish not only covenant in our personal lives. And then in our corporate setting here in this church. But then all over the world, Lord. We've been able to share the covenant because of your prosperity that you've blessed us with. So we give you the honor and the glory for it, Lord. And we give with worshipful hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ushers, if you would, thank you. Well, this morning, I'm going to interrupt everything in series. You know, typical, like, typically I get stuck in a series. But I am going to, I'm preaching a, or sharing a message this morning called God of 2020. After your, uh, after the basket or whatever it is goes by, uh, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. God of 2020. And this is the annual kind of vision service that we do here. Um, which is not one of great detail as far as, I mean, I, I could, if I tried to give all the details of what happened over the last year, we'd be here a while. Because <laughs> we've just been, you know, we've gone through trials, but we've overcome. We've, you know, we're, we're like everybody else, only instead of having no hope, we have hope in God. Amen. So, you know, sometimes because of my word of faith background and uh, you know, kind of the circles we run in. Sometimes people get the idea, they have the impression that the word of faith or that believing God for victory means you can believe for no trouble, but that's counter-scriptural. Okay, so you, you can't. You're going to, as long as you're on the earth, you're going to have trouble. That's why I was saying even with the Bible study, as far as, as, far as the women's ministry goes, um, sometimes people say, well, I don't need to hear about healing. I'm not sick. You're going to be on the planet a while. You might want to learn about it. Amen? Because you're going to get an opportunity to fight. How many have had opportunities to fight? Come on. I've had many opportunities to fight. You know, uh, you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you you have high blood pressure. Then what? What are you going to do? You're going to run away. You're going to get afraid. You're going to, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the Lord, seek the Lord, find out what he said in his word, and then begin to apply that word and work with your doctor. I said, work with your doctor, but be led by the spirit of God. Amen. Um, Sometimes, and I've gotten this too, so I might as well say this as well. Um, In word of faith, charismatic, you know, believe the word. Sometimes people think, well, don't tell the pastor you went to the doctor. Why? Don't, don't get crazy, okay? So I did go to Kenneth Hagin Ministries, and Brother Hagin used to say to us, and he believed God for healing. Um, and he was at a level in his faith, according to that word and what he knew, where he was able to uh, live a very healthy life, but it wasn't without trials. But you know what else I heard Brother Hagin say? He paid for people's medications. Does that make him less of a faith teacher and a healing minister? No, it makes him smart. Amen? Why? Because if it can help, why not? Amen? And how many know God does not go, they're taking medication. I'm out of here. 
You know what I mean? That's not the case, okay? And uh, sometimes people think they have found revelation where it says don't take medication, but I know for a fact Jesus had a physician on his team. I also know for a fact that when the woman with the issue of blood came to him, he didn't look at her and say, how come you're spending all that money on those doctors? Did he? No, he didn't. Okay, so we need, we're going to have opportunities, so we need to have faith. And faith comes by hearing the word and fellowshipping with the Lord. Not just, not just being a robot, okay? I just, I know principles, I know principles. No, you're, you're growing in your relationship with the Lord. There's this steady process of increasing year after year after year in reading his word and fellowshipping with him through prayer and in the spirit and in fellowship with other believers and in a corporate setting. And as that takes place, what takes place is faith just strengthens inside of you. Do you know I'm stronger today than when I got saved and really gave my life to the Lord 23 years ago? I am stronger today in my faith. I am more confident in my God today and what he can do than I was 23 years ago. And I was zealous 23 years ago. I was zealous and stupid. But I was zealous. <laughs> okay. And I'm less stupid today. Praise the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. Okay. So we're all thankful for that. And, uh, um, and you know what I mean by that. I'm not as ignorant as I was. Okay. Why? Because over time, your relationship and your fellowship with the Lord should be this growing thing. It should be the steady growing thing. And so we've seen that not only in our individual lives, but we've seen that in the church as well. And uh, I, I've been very grateful for what, what has taken place. Um, so I just want to share just a few testimonies from 2019. How many would like to hear that? Okay, so here's some, there's, there's many good things that have taken place. Um, but just to give you some brief ones, you'll, you'll have some of these in your giving letter too. Um, if you gave to the church and that you're part of that, it's in there as well. But um, last year we had 25 salvations and rededications to the Lord. Now, people say, well, that doesn't sound like very much. It's four times as many as the year previous. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good, Right. How, how, did the, how did the outreach go this year? How did people coming to the Lord go? We multiplied it by four. That's pretty good, right? And so I'm very thankful for it. Now, I'm believing God for a whole lot more, okay? But, but that is awesome. I, I'm so thankful for that. How many know you don't despise the day of small beginnings? Now, I got to share this with you because it's just funny to me. When we first started the church in 2014, now, granted, the, the giving for that year, okay, now, we started in September, so you're talking September to the end of December, was $13,000 when we first started. Our average attendance, I think, was 11. Is that right? Yeah, it was just over five years ago. Our average weekly attendance at the end of this year, not, not uh, evangelistically speaking, because Mike told me not to in leadership, He's right, though. It's, that happens. I know it does. Our average weekly attendance, this is Wednesdays and Sundays, is 150 a week. So from 11? <laughs> and how many know this? When you're a preacher and there's 11, you're rejoicing. Uh, we just got back from, uh, from uh, Pastor Larry Phelan and Dickinson. 
And he started in his, the basement of his house. Then they moved to the basement of a bank, I think. Um, and they had church, and they started, he had five people for, no, he had six people for five years in his church. And then he had to kick one out. How many know that's rough? <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to grow this thing, and it's been five years, God, and now i got to let them go. <laughs> you know, it's like, now we're at five. You know, as a minister, confession time, as a minister, we go to ministers, you know, conferences and stuff like that, and they'll ask you, you know, it's just part of the routine of things, but, they, you know, how many pastors get together? How many are you running? How many are you running? How many are you running? You know, and some of it is just bragging, and some of it is just, they just want to know. They don't really care, you know, but the tendency, you know, if you're running five for five years, <laughs> but let me, let me share this with you. They now have four full churches with four full-time pastors in each of the churches. They run weekly, on an average, over 400 people a week. And they're in rural Montana and rural North Dakota. Of course, everything in North Dakota is rural. But <laughs> I can say that I'm back in Montana. Praise the Lord! Thank you, Lord! It's like, man... You know, grow a hill or something, a tree, do something, you know. Lord, make a mountain pop up or something. Just give me something to look at, something to stop the snow from blowing across the street, you know what I mean? Anyway, side note. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but that, he didn't give up. Amen. And so we haven't given up, and the Lord's blessed us. Amen? How many, how many agree you're not giving up? Because yeah, this next year can be even more gooder than the last one, right? It can be, whoo, glory to God. Your marriage can go from, well, that's pretty good, to, hey, this is the best. You know what I mean? Increase on all sides. And the most important increase in your relationship with the Lord and in your faith. Amen? That's the most important. So we went from that place to this. And I am so thankful for that. We had 25, like I said, 25 salvations. We had 15 baptisms in the Holy Spirit. Uh, we had medical debts. How many of you love that testimony? Paid in full. Me and Heidi did too through last year. Debts just, they just wiped out. You know what I mean? And praise God for that. I know I appreciated that, Ron and Jan. You know, because Ron and Jan... Um, what you may not, I mean, everybody knows who Ron and Jan is, okay? But for the most part, um, because they're friendly and vocal and they're around. But you know what you don't know about Ron and Jan is they do a lot of work around here when you're not around. Ron builds, he built both the sound booth doors for me. He, he goes and buys stuff for me. He'll have him pick it up and then he'll bring it in and he'll do all this work on it and do it while I'm doing other stuff. And he just does it. He just wants to do it. So it didn't really shock me that $33,000 worth of debt got paid in one shot. Not really. It didn't shock me that much. Why? Because God is not unjust to forget your labor and lo of love and your service to the saints. Amen? He doesn't forget. God doesn't forget. Aren't you thankful He doesn't forget? You know, people forget. Even people that you love and that love you, they forget. But God does not forget. He remembers. Okay? So... Um, it's good that we can have faith in him with that. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, I love this testimony. The testimony from so many people who have come to the church and received and expressed the love that they've received coming through those doors. That's a powerful testimony to me because they're not shaking my hand. I mean, they may eventually, but they're meeting somebody first who's filled with the nature of God and, and expressing the spirit of hospitality. Amen? I mean, no, Jesus and the Lord, there's a spirit of hospitality. Amen? And I'm so thankful for that. Um, missions ministry supported. How about Poland and the Philippines? Bible colleges being, being planted right now because of our giving to them and even our prayer support and then their ministry back to us. You know, uh, Pam and uh, Stephen Pam Spear, they're in uh, Poland and they're missionaries over there. And uh, they, you know, they live there the majority of the time. Being a missionary is not easy. And they're planting Bible colleges, starting Bible schools in Poland. And then they'll plant churches. How many know that's not exactly easy? You know, they have one daughter and she lives in the States. That's not easy, is it? Now, she's grown. I mean, it's not like they left their child, little child. But some people are like, oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> I got to make sure to clarify that. She's, you know, an adult and she's on her own. But if you only have one child and you're separated. Now, thank God for cell phones. Amen. But even at that, you know, it's, it's not easy. But we've been able to support them and help them and be a blessing to them. And I'll just tell you this. Steve and Pam are praying for you and us all the time. We, Heidi and I, now you may not, maybe you do, I don't know. But Heidi and I get texts from them uh, religiously. You know what I mean by that? Weekly. Hey, we're praying for you. We're believing God with you. Hey, watch the service online. How many think that's great? Live stream wise, we can reach Poland from here. And I don't even have to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> I just want to be here. You know what I mean? I'll just stay here. I'm happy here. You know what I mean? So, um, but we can, that's, an, that's another shoot out there to, to the rest of the world. And I'm very thankful for it. So we've done that. Um, how about the new faith kids in youth room downstairs? Praise God. How about concrete for parking? <laughs> Glory to God. How about the upstairs offices are started and they're moving along good. I'm thankful for that. Um, how about our Harvest Carnival this year? The first year we did it, we had under 50 people. This year we did it, we had at 200. So praise God for that. I think part of the 200, you know, the increase there is we moved it from outside to inside. I think people were like, yeah, I ain't going outside no more. <laughs> so, but who cares? I mean, praise God. That was an opportunity to be a blessing to people. In fact, we had a lady come up uh, to Heidi I think it was, or to someone else, she said, well, we went to the mall first, and nobody even said hi to us. She said, the moment we walked in here, you know, five people were on us saying hi and shaking our hand and, you know, uh, greeting the kids. And I mean, no, that's a testimony. That's a good one. Um, my favorite testimony, this is it, hands down, and I've heard it so many times. My, this, is, this, is, this is the one that if you're a minister, you want to hear this over everything else. My favorite testimony, to share, people share how much they've grown spiritually since attending the church. That is, that is, that means, you know, at least we're doing something right. <laughs> you know, um, not that I believe we're not, but you understand what I'm saying. You're, you're, you're in a place and, you know, you, like for me, you have somebody who's 
you know, wasn't sure if he was going to live past 19 and uh, gives his life to the Lord. And the Lord says, yeah, I want that guy. He graduated high school with a 2.47 grade point average. I want that top of his class <laughs> only because I was high, but, uh, <laughs> but only, sorry, that's a bad joke. <laughs> look at my mom's rolling her eyes back here, <laughs> but look how far I've come because of your prayers, mom. <laughs> but I mean, you, you, you know, <laughs> I found out that the Lord would, would accept me which I was very thankful for because I knew the scoundrel I was, and then help me and move me and grow me. And then he puts his anointing in you and you start to do things and you see the, the result of the fruit of what he's doing. And out of that, I mean, there's just no greater satisfaction than to know you're doing what God said and then you see fruit from it. You know what I mean? Because it's not always easy, but I, how many know, well, this is just not me. I am not a sit around and whine guy, okay? It's not that I've never complained or never said anything I shouldn't, but I'm a move guy. In other words, I don't let a lot grow underneath me. Know what I mean by that? And so, um, and so that's scared some people away from me because <laughs> they thought they were going to be able to sit around. But, but still, I, I like to go and to do and to see fruit, see result. It really blesses me. And I'm very thankful to the Lord for it. And so, um, and there are many other testimonies that could be shared. Amen? I mean, there are many others, but we just don't have all the time in the world to share them. I just want to share some of the giving uh, that we've done this year. So every, you know, our tithes and offerings, we take 12% of what comes in. Uh, the general fund, and we give it out. And I'm so thankful for this. This year, we, we gave out, in general tithes and offerings, $49,322.20. Pretty good, huh? And yet it's not near... You know what happens when you put that kind of seed in the ground? <laughs> Imagine if you have a yard and you put 49,000 grass seeds in that yard. Do you see what I'm saying? What does God take and do with that? He says, well, here's a group that will give. I'm going to go ahead and give them more to give. Amen. And then, uh, you know, the thing about being a pipe that flow, water flows through is that the pipe's always full. Even if it's going through you, it's still. And we know the Lord's good that way. Amen. Uh, Benevolence-wise, we were able to give $2,754.14. To Love, Inc., we gave $1,800. Love, Inc. is a local ministry that we support, and they sent a card out uh, stating some of what they have done, so we were a part of this. They served a total of 1,435 households in Billings this last year, 774 adults, 665 children, 208 volunteers giving over 5,500 hours into ministry in Billings. I'm thankful for that. Amen. And so we have a portion of that in giving to them and helping them. So our total giving in general, uh, and I could break it down even more, but it just isn't, it's not need to take the time, I guess. But our total giving was 53,876.34 last year uh, into uh, ministries. That's offerings. That's all sorts of different things. We, we gave, we give consistently to several ministries, but then also like fruit bearers ministries, we were able to give to, into the Philippines. Uh, to help that pastor build an extra room on his 
uh, house in order to be able to counsel people, not in his, you know, main living area. How many know that's a good idea? Um, he could meet privately, be able to study and things like that, which I'm very thankful for. And then many others. I mean, there's just a lot that, we're, that the Lord has enabled us to do. And when I say us, I mean us, all of us. Amen? Coming together and doing what God wants us to do. So I'm thankful for that. Um, so for youth, which we started in 2019, we've averaged 11 youth a week in youth group. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that'll continue to grow. How many know from zero to 11? Woohoo! Praise the Lord. Special meetings, we averaged about a 74 uh, person attendance. Uh, men's through 2019, we averaged 19 men at our monthly uh, men's meeting. Uh, and then women's, men, we got to work on it because the women's has beaten us. Uh, but they averaged 28 in attendance in the Bible study for that. So how many know, praise the Lord for that. Amen. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to read a scripture to you. And then I just want to briefly share with you the vision that God has given me for. Um, and by vision, I don't mean an open vision. But the, the goal that he's given me for 2020. How many are still writing 2019 on your, yeah. <laughs> you know what I did? I went ahead in my journal and wrote the date ahead <laughs> while I was thinking about it, you know, because how many do this? You look at the last date and then you just put that year. So I was doing, so I had to change that. But Ephesians chapter three, this is the passage of scripture that we use for, uh, this is our, uh, our main, uh, passage of scripture for the vision for the church and it's something that i feel like the lord is going to continue to increase uh this particular subject and so ephesians 3 verse 14 says for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man verse 17 that christ may dwell in our hearts through faith that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Watch this. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to what? All generations. All generations, forever and ever, amen. The Passion Translation says it this way. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Providing you with a secure foundation that grows and grows. Then as your spiritual strength increases, you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement, beyond academic knowledge. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. I like this part. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all 
For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Isn't that good? That's the Passion Translation of that uh, Ephesians 3, 14 through I think 21 or 22. Here at Faith Family Church, our goal is we see a church where people can come to know and experience God's love through life in Christ. Come to grow in relationship with God through life in Christ. Come to discover, develop, and serve through life in Christ. Come to the place of sharing with others about the good life in Christ. Faith Family Church was birthed on Sunday, September 28th, 2014, with a vision to share life in Christ. As of this morning, we have been serving this community and ministering the Word of God and demonstrating the Spirit of God for five years and four months. Praise God. This morning, I want to give or I want to share with you the 2020 uh, focus that the Lord has given me. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to start in verse 1. And this is where we'll wrap up today. And then next week we'll get back into more of the series uh, type thing. But I I desire this. And actually, I'm going to do this right now, Herb, uh, if you would. If you want to grab those cards and have a couple of ushers help you, um, we're going to give you a, a, a card. This is It could be a bookmark or if you want to... Keep it in your car or wherever, your house. This is uh, God's definition of love. And it's the interpretive translation of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 by Rick Renner. And so on the back, it has love is patient. And it just shows, it gives a breakdown of what the love things are. And that's going to be the focus this year for um, Heidi and I have decided it for our family. Um personally. How many know your marriage will be a lot better by this time next year if you just walk in love? (laughs) How many know your kids will be better off if you teach them to walk in love? How many know this, that faith works by love? So your faith will be stronger. So you can take one of those and I think we have, we should have plenty for everybody to have one. Um, And I'm going to go over this chapter this morning. And I'm going to just start reading. You can listen while you're getting those. It says this. Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me how much? Nothing. So I I love these first uh, three verses here. I've read over these many times because I, um, you know, especially when I first got saved, very excited about the Lord, loved uh, the gifts of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, all these things that are in Scripture. You know, I like prophecy and I like uh, having knowledge. How many like having faith and knowledge, understanding? How many think having faith that can remove a mountain is a good thing? Yeah, amen. And and all these things, exercising your faith, and I, I feel like Paul really encapsulates just kind of the general picture of a Christian life. 
here. You're talking about giving. You're talking about your faith. You're talking about knowledge. You're talking about sacrificial giving in the sense of helping others, benevolence and loving others. And he goes into this and the, your prayer time, your prayer language. He's just kind of hitting all the outside edges of the Christian life, kind of a general overview picture of a person's, a believer's life. And he's looking at that. And then at the end of, you know, through this whole process, he says, if you do all these things, but you do not exercise love, it profits you a little bit. Oh, bummer, huh? (laughs) It's like, well, Lord, I, you know, I mean, I, I did it. Did you do it from love? Because if you do it from love, then it profits you everything, right? See, God's motivation in everything he does is motivated out of love. Not because he has love, because he is. God is love. God doesn't, you know, work up his characteristics. You know, he doesn't have to put on Jehovah. He is you know, we, we, because of our flesh, we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of an unrenewed mind, we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But God doesn't have to. He is. And we have that same love living inside of us. And if we want all these testimonies to profit us, what do we need to do? We need to walk from the love that is within us. Amen. And so that's going to be a big focus this year. And I encourage you to, to, uh, to make this a focus for your life, along with the other things that you have going on. This, this love touches every area of our lives. Love, verse 4, suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Suffers long is patient. And it's the definition that I have here says, especially with regard to people. Long-suffering is an older translation that is close to the etymology of the Greek word, and it bears the idea of far from wrath. Long-suffering is far from wrath. Love is what? Far from wrath. Isn't that good? Aren't you thankful God treats us that way? Or it means to be long-tempered. Long-tempered. This virtue is the enduring of personal injury without the thought of retaliation. It is an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. The virtue, love is patient, is a, is a, is a endure, it's, it's the virtue... This virtue is the enduring of personal injury without the thought of retaliation. So love is patient. It's far from wrath. It's long-tempered. Love is kind. Kind. Love is patient and kind. Well, I was patient with them, but were you kind to them? This usually doesn't get a lot of shouts. But it it will a year from now when we all practice this. Amen? You say, well, I'm not going to practice it, preacher. Then what you do for the Lord will profit you. That's a promise from the Lord. How many know he's faithful to his word? (laughs) See, we love that statement when it comes to something else. But not the corrective words. No, 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 no. I don't want, no, Lord, don't. You know, we live in a generation, so you can't tell me what to do. Then God can't, and your life will be misery. It'll be misery. 
It's already going to be a fight anyway. You might as well fight from the good side. Amen? So love is patient and kind. Kind is another aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Patience is inward. Listen now. Kindness is outward. You know, you can be raging mad and not show somebody. People are like, I've never been able to do that. That's because you haven't tapped within. The Holy Spirit within you can give you the ability to control your muscles in your face. (laughs) Amen? You can be mad, mad, mad on the inside and go, nope, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to lower my voice. I'm going to choose to talk slower right now. I'm going to draw all this in. And if you get in the habit of doing that, how many know the flesh is like a well-trained dog? Amen? Whatever you yield to, it'll kind of lean that way if you keep it there. Now, you got to keep it there. That's the key. (laughs) Okay? How many of you know that from experience? Okay. So, love does what? It does not envy. The negative meaning of the verb is intended here, involving the thought of... of, um, Basically, involving the thought of being jealous or, or, or desiring something of somebody else. You're envious of what they have. Love doesn't do that. What does love do? Love goes, Lord, thank you for blessing that person. You hear about somebody else's uh, medical bills or some blessing happened to them. I knew Mike and Jody got a nice house this year. I don't go into their house and go, God, why did you give me this house? Because it ain't my house. And guess what? They're my brother and sister in the Lord. If my brother and sister in the natural got something nice, I wouldn't sit there and go, Lord, that's not fair. I'm not going to be envious. I'm going to go, hey, let's go swimming at Mike's house. (laughs) Don't invite yourself over to Mike's house. Okay, so (laughs) it doesn't parade itself. It does not boast Now, it's okay to brag on Jesus all day long, but you need to be careful about how much you brag on you because you wouldn't have the opportunity if it wasn't for Jesus. Amen? So it's not puffed up or it doesn't doesn't parade itself. It's not a braggart. Do you know what one of the words for braggart is? Windbag. (laughs) Isn't that nice? You know, some people are like that. They're like that fish, you know, in the sea when the enemy comes. And you say, what is that? They're just full of hot air. They're a windbag. They're a braggart. They just talk about everything about themselves. It's personal. I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And glory to God, man. What did God do in your life? Okay? Now, I'm talking, obviously, to believers here, but, but you understand what I'm saying. It's not puffed up. It's not proud. It's not arrogant. It's not conceited. Love, verse 5, does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. What does that mean, behave rudely? It is not rude. It does not behave disgracefully. It does not behave dishonorably or indecently. Wow, isn't that good? So basically, love does not act improper. How we could use a dose of this in our culture, amen? We live in a culture that's like, well, this is who I am, and I'm just going to be who I am. And you ought to learn some grace and not act so disgraceful. You know, if you're beating somebody up on Black Friday over a big screen TV, you need some grace in your life. 
Well, I need, you know, I only have so much money. And you could believe God and he could give you the money to pay full price for the thing. It's a TV. It's a TV. Love doesn't act disgracefully. Amen? It doesn't behave rudely. It does not seek its own. That covers a lot, doesn't it? I read that verse sometimes. I'm like, Lord. He said, that's what it says, Sean. Do it. It's not self-seeking. It does not seek its own things. In other words, think of it this way. It does not insist on its own way. Does that make sense? People say, so I can't do anything for myself? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, love does not insist. I have to have it this way. Hey, come on, how many have kids? I won't ask the parents if they've done it. Maybe I should ask the kids if the parents do it. I should change the way I have the hands raised. That might cost me, though. So, <laughs> no, I know it would. In other words, our, the world doesn't revolve around us. We, can be, we, can, we need to learn to rejoice in somebody else getting what they want. Amen? Because that's the nature of God. How many know God's happy when he's, he sees a, uh, uh, something in your life fulfilled, that he's fulfilled? Okay? It doesn't seek its own. It is not provoked. How, how you get to love this one. Is not easily angered. Okay? Not easily angered. What does this mean? Um, the thought here is that of hypersensitivity or irritability. Love is not hypersensitive. What do you mean by that? The pastor didn't shake my hand. Hypersensitive. Somebody comes up to you, comes up to you and says, you know, you got a little something on your, on your face. What? 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 What is it? You know, you're just hypersensitive about everything. You're, you're irritable. How many have ever been irritable? <laughs> my wife says, you're hangry. <laughs> so the Lord helped me with my wife. Yeah, he, this gets to be shared. We're going to do a marriage conference anyway, so it'll be a good. Yep. <laughs> so the Lord, I was working out one day, and, and, and I was thinking about a hangry. I get hangry. I said, Lord, what does she get? And he said, hugry. Because if you know my wife, she likes hugs. She does. Now, you guys stay back. All right? <laughs> Because I don't need to have a lack of food to get angry. I just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that if I get hangry, she gets hungry. So if she's upset, then I know what to do. You know, sometimes you got to, no, I, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. All right, so. I don't want to be provoked. I don't want to be hypersensitive. I've been hypersensitive before. You ever, you ever felt like everything was against you and that all the words that people were speaking had this malicious intention behind them? That's called hypersensitivity. It's called irritability. You are being defensive. Everything is against you. Every person has a motivation to destroy you. No. <laughs> no. And even if they did... Love wouldn't take account of that. 
it would continue to move forward in patience and kindness. It doesn't mean you don't speak the truth. You do. But you speak the truth in love. You speak the truth in love. Amen? So it thinks no evil. I love this. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not maintain a list of personal injuries inflicted by another person with a view to repaying in kind. Don't you like that? Keeps no record of wrongs. So you need to practice this. You say, practice what? When a thought comes to you about an evil that somebody has done to you, you need to go, I'm not going to think about that. I don't keep a record of wrong. I've forgiven them. I let it go. And if you do that long enough, the thought will quit coming. Amen? All right, good. So it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It does not delight in evil is another way. Love is not judgmental with the respect to wrongdoing of others, nor is it... Uh, nor will it self-righteously place one above the wicked. Excuse me. It rejoices in the truth. Rejoices in the truth. This is the positive side of the preceding statement. And it's suggested it joins with in rejoicing at the truth. So when somebody else in your life has truth manifest and they receive revelation, they receive truth, they act on a truth and that truth is being applied in their life, they see manifestation of that truth in their life, love will do what? It will come to the side of them and go, hey, praise the Lord, we're breaking through, we're growing up, we're seeing a manifestation of God's truth in our life, amen? And so love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. And that means that actually means always protects. It can mean cover. It can mean pass over in silence. Do you like this? In other words, this, uh, uh, this statement suggests love throws a cloak of silence over what is displeasing in another person. Love does what? Throws a cloak of silence over what is displeasing in another person. So in other words, instead of getting together and griping about what another person has done, we need to do what? Silence that thing. And people say, well, you're just giving people a license to do whatever they want. No, no, no. We're not saying we agree with what was done. We're saying, God, you're the judge. You're the, you're the almighty. You're the one seated at the throne, on the throne. You take care of your child. We're going to pray for them. And people say, well, there, there is in Scripture a time to go and confront. And there is. But I'm going to say this. It's probably less than more. It's probably less than more. How many are thankful for having a little bit of time to be able to grow by those that were over you in the Lord? Amen? I'm thankful for that. So it believes all things. It always trusts. Love believes the best, not the worst, about people and their actions. This does not suggest selective blindness to the sins and faults of others, but it does caution against an attitude of censoring others. So in other words, love believes the best. That means sometimes you have to look at the actions of other people and go, well, that wasn't very nice, but I believe they're going to change. Amen? Now, if you look at always trust and you think, that means I have to trust everybody no matter what. That is not what that's saying. People have to earn your trust. Say amen. Okay? I think, especially in spirit-led groups, people do things sometimes by being spirit-led when they should have waited. They get impatient with it, and they just, this is it, this is it, and jump in. 
and they trust somebody that they shouldn't. Amen? How many of you have ever done that before? I have more than once. And I'm learning. Slow down. Okay? Love hopes all things. Always hopes. In relation to others' failings, love is optimistic that such persons will ultimately overcome their deficiencies. In the New Testament, the term hope does, um, does not, as in contemporary English, contain the element of uncertainty. Faith, trust, and hope are closely related. Hope may be thought of as faith in the future. Love endures all things, always perseveres. Say it with me, I always persevere. Love is patient, but it always perseveres. One distinction of the word used here is that it implies actively enduring circumstances rather than resigned, long-suffering with regard to people. In other words, I just got to put up with them. You're not like that. You're actively enduring with kindness. And listen to me, you may never change the person, but you might change in the situation if you do it right. Come on. Amen. I, I, I've been in ministry a little bit, little while now, not real long, but a little while, long enough to realize that some situations that I'm in, I'm not going to change, but I am going to change in them. Amen. Some people are just going to, in situations, they're just going to remain the same, but that's okay because in the midst of it, it's an opportunity to exercise your faith and grow. Amen. You'll be better off in the long run. Love never fails. Never fails. The word is pipto in the Greek. And it means to fall, collapse. In context, here it means that love will never cease to exist. Love will never cease to exist. Let's wrap it up with these last verses. Love, for we, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. How many know nobody is ever prophesying in full? Is that what that says? We prophesy in part, amen? So that's why all prophecy must be judged. All of it, every single one. I don't care who gave it to you. I don't care how famous they are. It must be what? Judged. Judge it. Judge it for yourself. The Lord is not going to tell somebody else more about your life than you. And the church said, amen. Okay, verse 10. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be what? Done away. When I, This is what I want to get to right here. When I was a, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I what? thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The, as a child here, that phrase means immature Christian. Infant, a minor or a simple-minded person. Christians who think, understand, or speak outside the realm of love are immature. You see that? This is the mark of maturity. When we walk, when we, when we talk, think, and understand inside the realm of God, which is love, then we begin to speak, understand, think, walk, live in a place of what? Maturity. So if you go down the list and you go, well, I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing that, then what do you need to do? Make those adjustments, correct? 
I know, it's deep thought. Just do it. You know, Nike's been saying it for years. Just do it, right? All right? And when you do that, when that takes place, what will take place over this year? You say, how could that be the vision for 2020? I heard these prophets speak about this and that and this and the other. Well, I'll just say it to you like this. If you're not any more of a doer of the word of God this year than you were last year, then the prophecies won't matter anyway. You say you're against the prophecies. I am absolutely for the prophecies. Okay? I am absolutely... The Lord has spoken things to me about about this year and what will take place. But I'm absolutely for... But what do I know about the Lord? Just because there's a prophecy over the top of your life, does it automatically come to pass? The children of Israel proved it didn't. Because they had a prophecy to go into the promised land, and what did they not do? They died out, and the next generation went, right? So the promises of God are not going to end. It's just, will you have it in your life this year? Would you stand with me, please? Will you have it in your life this year? That's the question. The question is not, you know, uh, is God right The question is not, is the word of God right? The question is, will I do this or not? So I want to encourage you. You all got one of these cards. Go over this daily, if not weekly. Practice it. Practice this. If you you have kids, have them go over it. Practice it. Have them practice it. When they they step outside of love as a parent, you say, how are we going to say that different? How are we going to do this different? If they disobey you and and they don't follow your instruction, you take them and you discipline them, you correct them, and you say, you know, love obeys parents. And when, when children obey parents, what do they get? They get a long life. They get satisfied with long life, amen? And it goes well with them, amen? And and people say, they'll say to me, you know, pastor, I wish you would tell my kids that. You're not reading the scripture. It says, parents, I'm telling you now so you can tell them later. I mean, probably in like five minutes. You probably get the opportunity, I'm sure. Why? Because you're training them up in the way that they should go, amen? As part of that deal. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for this word for this year. Lord, we commit to be doers of this word. Lord, we're not giving up the other portions of your scripture and the other things of obedience that you've called us to. But Father, I just thank you for your word that's been seated and the vision for this year. Lord, we know we're going to see even greater things because you promised us in Ephesians 3 that if we would follow this love, that you would do above and beyond all we could ask or think. Lord, I'm believing with your congregation here and your people here and those that are joining us online, Lord. I'm believing with them in my faith, my purpose that you've called me to. I'm joining it to theirs right now that this will take place in their lives personally and in the body of Christ corporately that we are in and over in the name of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're in here today and you're not born again. You, you, you don't have a relationship with the Lord. You don't know for sure that when you die, when you pass from this life, that you'll go to be with Jesus in heaven. 
And you need to know that today. Or maybe you're in here today and you never have, or you have given your life to the Lord at one point, but you realize, wait a minute, I'm so far off track here. I gotta, I'm like the, I'm like the prodigal son. I'm out running around with pigs and I need to get back to the Lord, back to my father and back into fellowship and relationship with him so that I can enjoy the blessings of being with my father, the love that I don't have out in the world. If either one of those things fit you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if, if you'd like to give your life to the Lord or rededicate your life, would you raise your hand where you're at, please? Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Ushers, if you want to help me, is there anybody else? I want to give you just a second here. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if everybody would pray after me, Father God, I come before you. In the name of Jesus, I'm sorry for walking away, for sinning, for being separate and not receiving and yielding to your love for me in Christ Jesus. But Lord, right now, I open my heart full to you. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Deliverer. Jesus, I believe you paid the full price for my sin, that your blood was shed for me, that your body was broken for me, and I receive your righteousness, your Holy Spirit, your nature, into me now, in Jesus' name. I now am a child of God by the covenant, the grace of Jesus Christ. I receive it. Whew, hallelujah. You are now a child of God. Now I have here, and I want to make this available to you, and I want you to, I want you to get this. Um, I don't mind if you go get it at the welcome table. Just make sure you get it, those that raise their hand. This is a New Believers book, and this is a Bible from us. And then there's also a card here with uh, some uh, references here to some messages that are available online. You can download them on the podcast, or you can just listen to them online. And they're specifically for new believers, and so is this book. So you can either come up after and get this from me personally, or they do have them at the welcome table. The other thing is this. If you're going to be around here and you're going to stay here, okay, and this, you say, this is our church, I want you to sign up for the New Believers class if you, if you gave your heart to the Lord today. I want you to do that so that we can help ground you in the Word and get you established and strong so that we don't have any more runnings away. Amen? This is the good life, is it not? Now, you are blessed, people. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed. And you are favored. And this year is going to be the best year yet. You know, the path of the just is like the what? Rising of the sun. It shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Amen? Amen. Somebody say it with me. My life, My life is getting brighter, getting brighter. And, brighter. and brighter. Amen? How many of you are hot? It's hot in here. Oh, my Lanta. We should turn the air conditioning on. It's winter, though. You know, you... <laughs> I thought it was just me, but I was like, there's no way this is just me. So, <laughs> well, bless you guys. Don't forget we have Bible study on Wednesday night. God bless you.
Have a great week. Use your faith. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.